now tuned in to Hollywood Ways with Doug and Breezy. Oh, hey Ted. I know that you like the lies, know you like the way it shines. There's no other place you'd rather be. This is how we do it in Hollywood. This how we do it. Welcome to Hollywood Ways. It's just a crazy world over here at Action Park Media. But Breezy has a forced call, which Kevin Connolly, who some there were some angry people online that you were fired. Okay, I stepped is- down. I stepped down, <laughs> and uh, now you're dragging me back in. It's a filler. Just so you thought worse. you were out. But I'm just going to sit back and enjoy this conversation because I think there's going to be a special. I do want you to sit, but can you just give? Because I know you were a big fan of a forced call. So can you just explain to people what that is? Because when on Entourage, when we had the forced calls, you loved them. Because yeah. You got- so a forced call for. On a, on a movie set or on a TV show is an actor has to get a 12-hour turnaround. So if you wrap at 8 o'clock at night, they can't bring you in until 8 a.m. Sometimes production can't afford to do that and they need you in at 6 or 7 or whatever it is, so they have to give you what's called a forced call and that's also... A decent little amount of cash. A little extra money. So Breezy got a forced call. Uh, as bad as that might be for this episode of Hollywood Ways, <laughs> good for Breezy because yeah. a forced call is a good thing. Right, so we're happy for Breezy. And I'm excited today because we got a guest who's A, a friend, B, an entourage star, C, was almost Andy Dice Clay's freaking uh, brother-in-law or something, which we're going to get into. But a little story about a restaurant. Dan Tanner's is one of the most famous restaurants. Used to be until Craig started Craig's, and now that is it. But Dan Tanner's is the place where the Eagles, Don Henley and Glenn Fry, wrote Lion Eyes at this restaurant. They saw uh, an older man with a younger woman, and they wrote that song, one of the most famous songs uh, ever. And it's just the place when you come to L.A. that everybody used to tell you back in the day you got to go to. So in 91, when I first came out here and heard there's a great Italian restaurant in L.A., I'm like, okay, I got to go to Dantana's, which I walked into this place and I saw Craig in his tuxedo at the front. And I said, hey, I'd, lo- I'd love a table. And I, th- I honestly think he said two hours. I'm not kidding. So I sat at the bar. Drinking. Sounds about right. But that's because I liked them. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry Seinfeld walked in, shook hands with Craig, went right to a table. And I said, if I ever make it in this town, I'll be able to get a table. So uh, Congratulations. I can now get a table. But Craig Susser, who is a friend, uh, started now the hottest restaurant in L.A. where everybody wants to go. And he's also got some businesses going. So I want to talk to you. But anyway, welcome, Craig. How you doing? I'm glad you're here. I'm glad to be here. (laughs) And I'm glad we're all back kind of opening and and it's starting to feel a little bit more normal. How has it been with you? Like, you start Craig's, what, seven years ago? No, uh, it's 2011. It's We're coming up on 10 and a half, 11 years. We were, I mean, look, you're, you're lucky to get past the first year. You're thrilled that you're accepted and it becomes that, like, spot, right? And you're just trying to maintain that and all of a sudden COVID hits. And you're devastated. Everybody's devastated. Everybody's scared. And you're just trying to take care of the people that work there. You're trying to make it through. And we did. I mean, you know, we've made it through and we've got a back patio now and a front patio. And now it's like, now it's like double the size. And that brings all kinds of other issues and problems, right? But we're, we're here. We're making it through. And I, and I think the thing that I've learned the most from the whole time is to be more flexible and to be a little bit more nimble. And I kind of wake up in the morning now and I go, I don't know what's going to happen, but we'll deal with it. Yeah, and I mean, it's kind of neat. Things are changing so quick. And for you, I know, you know, you were at Dantana's for 20 years. 22, yeah. 
And, you know, again, it was the hot place that everybody wanted. And you wanted to buy Dan Tannis. That was your plan, correct? That was, yeah. So Dan was like a second dad to me. Uh, we had a plan in place. I was going to buy it. Um, we had some expansion plans. My dad passed away that August. And then about two months later, he pulled me up in the office and said he sold it to somebody else. And it was devastating and really heartbreaking. And he but, did this behind your back. Uh, let's just say he didn't do it as a gentleman. He could have said, hey, I got this crazy offer. Do you want to match it? He just took it and ran with it. Look, you know, the universe, God, whatever, has bigger plans for all of us. And sometimes the, the, the most horrible things that happen to us turn out to be the greatest gifts. And there wouldn't be a Craig's if that moment hadn't happened. And we've since kind of reconciled. I mean, we, we've talked about it. And he talks about how proud he is that, that it's there. And look, a lot of the success of, of Craig's is what I learned at Dan Tana's from Dan, from Mike, the bartender, from Jimmy. Who, you know, Mike passing away during COVID is, you know, is just so heartbreaking. Yeah. Because he was such a big part of this town. So to give people a little background, Mike, the bartender at Dantana's who passed away from COVID, to say that he was the most hands down legendary bartender uh, for sure. in, in LA was at Dantana's and um he was the guy. He right? was the ring he was the ringleader. I mean right. I, I I got my work ethic, I got my sense of humor, I understood I got to read people. He was he was a lot of things to a lot of people. He wasn't just a bartender. And what were you doing there? You came out from New York to do what? Did you want to Oh, no, no. So I, my dad retired. He was in the garment business, like, you know, every good Jew from New York. And right. uh, so he retired. I was 14, went to high school out here, didn't have a lot of friends, was going to college, fell in love with the idea of acting. And like every good actor, I got myself a, a waiter's job. And, and, then, <laughs> and then, you know, I fell into Dantana's. I was the first person hired in six years. I was literally, it's a different era. I would walk up to tables. I would say, hey, good evening, guys. Can I get you a drink? And they would literally tell me to F off. (laughs) And they weren't kidding. Right. I had like tears in my eyes like for six months. They just tortured me. It was one of those things where they slowly kind of broke you down so much that they molded you into who you they wanted you to be. Right. And I started out as a back waiter, as a weekend bartender. And then slowly you start to kind of become the crew and you start to become the waiter that people request and the bartender that people want to see because I was I was a weekend bartender there for 15 years. Wow. And so I learned everything I know about the restaurant business. I kind of learned it's kind of old school. Mm-hmm. Kind of hard knocks. Right. Cash register, no, uh, nothing digital, none of no. that stuff. And Mike, still, Mike, I, Mike the bartender started working at the Antennas in 1968. That's unreal. I mean, that's the year that Bobby Kennedy and Martin Luther King got shot, to put that into perspective. And, for and the year I was born. Younger people and the year you were born. <laughs> um, but young, Craig, a much question, younger people. question about the Antennas. One of the things about the Antennas and, and was that it would stay open. You know, you could, I think they've tightened it up a little bit, but at one point you could walk in there at 12 50 in order of well, full meal. The, right? the reason is, so when they first opened, um, I think they closed at 10, 30, 11 o'clock, and right next door is the Troubadour, and all these young performers were like, they'd go on stage, and they'd come out at like 11, 30, 12 o'clock, and they had nowhere to eat. And Mike would be like, Dan would be, come on, come on over here, grab a plate of pasta and a glass of wine, and it, it just turned out that it was Linda Ronstadt and Elton John and the Eagles, and like, I mean, you think about all these legendary artists that came out of the Troubadour in the early 70s, and Dantana's became their home. And that's kind of what I think really is how Tana's became this landmark. 
little unknown fact, maybe you remember, Kevin, but season one premiere of Entourage afterwards at 1230, we went um, in a limo, Joe Vitarelli, you were meeting me there, and we pulled up to Dantana's and a girl literally just rammed into the back of us as we were stepping out of the car. She got out of her car and passed out in the middle of Santa Monica Boulevard. And it was a miracle that no one was hurt, right. let it's alone a regular killed. night at Dantana. Yeah. <laughs> so, Craig is not surprised to hear that story. No, that's, that's kind of one of the tame ones. Uh, so, you know, but that's where I learned that, you know, you've got to see people through their ups and downs, right? So the greatest compliment I get about Craig's is it's the place you want to go to celebrate. It's also the place you want to go to commiserate. And that is what Tana's was. And that's kind of what I took away. And it's also, it's multi-generational, right? You got the grandparents, you got the parents, you got the kids, and it becomes aspirational for everybody. And the cool thing about it is it's not only multi-generational, it's people with money and people without money. People that haven't hit yet, but you're like, I met somebody five years ago, uh, a great guy named Michael Ratner, who's doing like everybody's videos now. And, yeah. and he's a great dude. And five years ago, he really wasn't working. I was just like, there's something about him that I love. I just want to make sure that he's part of our fold. Now he's like killing it, but that's five, six years later. And it's it, just it's fun. amazing what you've created there because it, it's like cheers. You walk in there, it's the only place, I don't go out very often, it's the only place that I would go in Hollywood, that I would see so many people that I know that are friendly faces. So what is it that that made you create it like that and how? How are you getting these people to come back so often well, and feel so welcome? Hey, you know, look, first, I'm, I'm grateful and I'm humbled by it. But I think there is a there's a method to it. And I think I learned it from Tannis. And that is creating that kind of family style atmosphere and people always say to me how do you i don't understand how do you become a regular how do you get the eight o'clock reservation i'm like well take the early one take the late one get to know me get to know you know patty and peter and nick at the front door get to know the servers get to know the bartenders become part of the family right it has nothing to do with who you are it has to do with whether or not you're one of our regulars right now a lot of them are in the business or some of them might be famous, but that's not the reason they're getting the tables. The reason they're getting the tables is because they're a regular. Right. I mean, there's also a bunch of accountants and lawyers you wouldn't know if you fell over them. Right. right? So that's what kind of creates it. And then we all want to see the people that we know. And it's a really small town. I mean, LA is a big town, but it's a really small town. And so I think, you know, you actually go out and you're hoping to run into people. I think one of the greatest things to see as we're coming out of the pandemic is watching people kind of reconnect with people that they haven't seen in a couple of years. I mean, you're all used to working together. Yeah. And so it's fun to watch everybody kind of like climb over booths again and, and say hello and like talk about projects they used to work on or what's coming out. <laughs> right. Like well, whatever's what life going on. used to be like. Yeah. Oh, so it it's, is though. It's great. And that's what's kind of fun to, to watch and, and see and, and to be, for lack of a better word, the vessel of that place. Yeah. That's what's neat. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I had a project start at your place. The thing, um, we'll see if it never goes, but with Thierry Henry and Matthew Vaughn started at Craig's. That was where we you know, somebody came up with it. And, somebody said to me a long time ago, you know, you shouldn't charge for dinner, you should just take a piece of everybody's project. <laughs> you would do well. I probably would have done Especially really now well. that you have every social media star eating there every okay, night. So that's a whole new concept to me. So I want to explain that because I kind of got lost in the social media influencing thing. I didn't really know what was happening during the pandemic. And then the first night I went out, the f like in a year probably, was I went to Craig's. And all of a sudden, it was all these kids in like wife beaters with big cameras like the old days, shooting films right. like... When did this happen, and, and, and what was the change? I, I don't know what happened, but it goes back to being kind of nimble and flexible and accepting of how the times that we're in, right? So you can't be – I can't be rigid, right? So all of a sudden, I started noticing 
people coming in and they were people were making a big fuss out of certain and I'm like what do they do and, right. and so as people started to explain it to me what's fascinating about the time is you don't need anybody's permission to entertain people and people are finding interesting people all over whatever channel they're looking at YouTube or Instagram or TikTok or whatever it is and they no longer have to ask the studio's permission to do what they love which is kind of an interesting thing right music companies are now looking at TikTok to find the next star right they may not be going to the tributor to listen to them yep. it's kind of like turning it on its, on its head but for me as a restaurant tour, you have to look at where your next clients are coming from. The worst thing that a restaurant can do is age out. Right. I mean, I lived through Chasen's doing that. I lived through other restaurants and watching them. You know, their their great customers are in their 30s and 40s, and then all of a sudden, 23 years later, it's like, it's kind of like old. It doesn't feel quite right. But by the way, I love the older crowd, so you definitely want them to be a that's part what's of it. so about, great about Craig's, and I am getting to the older crowd at this point, but I have so many friends who are 60s, 70s, and I also have friends who are in their 30s, and you can walk in there, and everybody's there, and kind of everybody right. kind of feels like they know each other. Well, because I want everybody to feel comfortable. You know, some restaurants, I think, target a certain demographic, and it can get a little fickle if you're so closely aligned. Right. I think it's really important to kind of like a wide net. So, but Craig, you were interested in entertaining when you were out here in the beginning. And I know, you know, you yeah. came on Authorized as an actor. So while you were at 10 is while the biggest producers and directors in the world, mm-hmm. were you also acting and were you trying to make connections? Or? Yeah. I mean, like I, I was a 22 year old guy running around town. People want to know why, like how I know so many quote unquote famous actors and stuff. We were all 22 year old idiots running around town. We didn't know what we were doing and we didn't know what we were going to get into. And so I was in an acting class and I was waiting tables and we were all kind of running around and I I loved, I loved acting. Um, You know, somebody said to me really early on, they're like, you know, you're 20. They're like, you're a really good actor, but you better find something to do for the next 25, 20, because you're not going to be even interesting you know, in that business until you're 45 or 50. And I didn't understand what that meant. But now looking back at it, you see certain actors and actresses, they become more interesting as they get older or some get it right out of the bat, right. you know, right out of the box. So I, I liked it. I, I had a little bit of success doing it. I was, I was, um, you know, waiting tables, living the life in LA. It was, it was great. And then it's also a great time in LA. Just, Period. Right? Yeah, no, it was really cool. There was no cell phones. There was no, like it was just great. And and then um, you know, <laughs> a couple of things happened. So I got a role in Patriot Games with Harrison Ford. Right, right. I'm, I'm going to be like a, a fighter jet pilot. And I go through, <laughs> I go through the reading, and I go through the fitting, and I go through everything. And then they call me and they go, I don't, I don't know how to tell you this, but we couldn't get the jet, and like the whole scene got cut. <laughs> stock footage. Oh my God. So that wasn't a depressing day. No, well, you, so you, getting at least you didn't get replaced by another actor. You got replaced <laughs> by stock footage. So right, there's right. something there. But it's fine. So then, like, you're like, okay, well, that's the breaks and that stuff. And then, like, the same producers are like, okay, that we're we're doing the general's daughter with like Jimmy Woods and, and John Travolta. And we're gonna we'll find you something. So I read for it and I get the role and do the whole thing with the fitting and everything like that. And they call me and I was like, I don't know how to tell you this, but <laughs> we were tightening up the script and like that scene's gone. And you're like, oh, if that's a natural progression of like acting, I'm just like, okay. I'm not sure this is going to work out, right? So um, 
all of a sudden, you know, I, I, I became the guy that was like, all right, I got two scenes. I got 10 lines. Who do we get that's not going to mess up our day? It was really basically the niche that I fell into right. because everybody knew me from tennis. So I'd come in. I'd nail it in two takes. I knew everybody. I was easy to have on set. I was like, out. It's and- very important, by the way, for people listening. I feel very proud, though, that Connolly and I, we said we'd get you on Entourage. We yeah, covered. But, we didn't cut the scene. We didn't no, put stock footage. But, but to be able to count, on, you do need to be able to count on an actor, yeah. right? It's like you, you don't want to take a chance on a wild card. Time is always tight. And it's like, oh, look, we know for sure that this guy can come in here, knock it out. He's going to be sober. <laughs> knock it, you know what I mean? It's, it's you, no, you I, count I, on those, especially I learned in the smaller roles. I learned a long time ago, and I, give, and I try to give that advice to young actors that are coming through. I'm like, dude, if you get the role or, you know – be kind, be cool. It's an 18-hour day. Don't, don't be drama. Yeah. You know what I mean? Literally and go in. And appreciate it. You yeah. Know? I it's, mean, it's, a gift. it's so easy to become entitled. You know, I, I'm be watching, easy to work with. Are you, yeah. Any of you guys watching the Netflix has this uh, documentary series on the making of movies where they go behind the scenes, which they did RoboCop last night, which was what, amazing. The, mo- the movies that we love. The exactly. movies that made us, right? And, and Peter, well, by the way, I think I was an extra in RoboCop. Peter Weir, right? Well, Peter Weller. Peter Weller. So, yeah. Peter Weller. Right. Um, Paul Verhoeven directed RoboCop and, and Peter Weller, which you look at that movie now is just a classic and it was perfect. But the production was a nightmare, and Peter Weller refused to say lines. And so Verhoeven said, fuck off, and threw him off the set. And it was actually going to have the stuntman play the part until Peter Weller came back. So I think it is a lesson for every actor know, to appreciate everything that you yeah. get. And, you know, sometimes a set can be awful, but. Also, you don't realize that, like, uh, Billy Fraker, who was a, a, a fantastic, <laughs> famous cinematographer and worked with Brando like a bunch, and. and he always used to say to me, he, you know, I was a bartender, and he would say to me, be easy to work with and find your light. I spent four <laughs> hours lighting you. Find your light. And, it's all, and then the other thing he always used to say is, it's all in your eyes. Yeah. I don't care what you're doing. If you're not thinking it, the camera's not picking it up. And I was like, whoa. Like, so you get all these little tidbits. Yeah. And then as I started getting more jobs, I realized I was getting more jobs because I actually had the technique. And I did enjoy it. And to me, it was like icing on the cake. I was making a good living. I was doing what I was doing. And every once in a while, I got to pop out and be with you guys in your environment, really enjoy it, and then go back to my world. And that's kind of what happened for the next seven or eight years. I mean, Neil Moritz put me in prom night, which is where I met Idris Alba, when we had a great, it was like four straight night shoots downtown in in, in, in Hollywood. And um, we're about to wrap. It's five o'clock in the morning. And Neil says to me, where are you going? I go, what do you mean, where am I going? I'm going home. He goes, "Uh, no, I got another production a mile and a half away, and we need somebody. I go, well, what am I doing? He goes, just go. They'll take care of it. So I go. It's a Patrick Dempsey movie called Maid of Honor. And uh, I play a lawyer in the back of a car, and I'm negotiating the number of BJs that this girl's going to give a guy <laughs> that she's married. And that was like – Probably doesn't play scene. today, Craig. Well, it's just, but that's the scene. Yeah. So it was just like you know, it was a great day that just came from the fact of like here's a guy I know and I trust and I know he'll nail it and he won't cost me the day. Right. So is the acting dream over or you'll, you know, every once in a while somebody will come to you that you respect and it gives you a little piece of advice and I think when Craig's became kind of Craig's, they pulled me aside and I said, you know, it's an odd look. Right. Maybe just right. take a step back. Right. So not that they were like you know, offers were piling up. Yeah. But it was just like, you know, <laughs> I, like, I, I agree with that though. Yeah. How about this? It could be an odd look. Maybe not. Yeah, but there, like, you run a risk of it being like, well, what, what, what's going on? Are right? you like, are you still that guy? 
Right. I'm like, you know, no. But if a really cool role came along and it was really people I wanted to work with, great. But I don't chase it. But, I don't talk about it. But the truth is, what, like, a lot of, what a lot of people don't understand, the restaurant business is hard. And you are there. Well, he also yeah. works a million hours a week. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. You are always there, pretty yeah. much. I, I left mean, there I left there last night at uh, midnight. I was back at 8 o'clock, did some morning work, um, just got some stuff done. I mean, the restaurant is – it's it's not this quaint little – place anymore it's a big we're you know we're almost double the size and you're also running a business now you started this vegan ice cream that yeah. you're like putting in markets all over yeah the so that that was actually a like a fun going back to like influencers and stuff like that so back in the old days like eight or nine years ago you influenced the restaurant business by having the right people in the restaurant and there were a couple of people way back when i first started i'm like oh, that's funny i'm not seeing them and i ran into somebody in the street and i said what's up i'm not you know you okay did i offend you are we good right He's like, dude, I love you, but I'm a vegan. And I'm like, oh. Uh, he goes, and I'm not eating a plate of vegetables. This is not Dabney Coleman. No, no, definitely not. <laughs> so uh, so I said, all right, I'll make you a prepared dish. Just give me like a day or two's notice. So sure enough, it was a Thursday. They called. They said, we're going to come in on a Friday. And we made a composed – Chef Kirsten was great. He made a beautifully composed vegan dish, put it down. He's on table one. People are walking by going, what's that? And I'm like, oh, I don't worry about it. It's a vegan dish. <laughs> and literally, they were like, no, that looks good. And then one dish became – two dishes became 20% of our revenue oh, wow. um, because people are leaning into it. If you're eating in a restaurant, you know, if we're fortunate enough to see them two or three days a week, which we get a lot, you know, one day you might have a steak. One day you might have a piece of fish. And one day you're eating vegan. Right. So you're just trying to lean in a little bit. But then you got the ice cream. I mean, so the ice cream was just a natural fallout of like, oh, um, well, we need a dessert. Some of the desserts on the this is seven years ago. The desserts weren't very good. So I said to the chef, "What do you know about ice cream?" And he said, "Nothing." I go, okay. "Learn. <laughs> well, let's figure it out." So like six months of taste this, taste this, taste this. No, no, no. Oh, that's good. And then we started to put it out. People started tasting it. And then one day somebody took it to go, and I was like, "Wait a second, that might be our." Rayo's tomato sauce like because right. you're looking for something organic you're looking for something that like fits you want to expand the brand yeah, totally does fits. the world need another tomato sauce like does yeah. the world need another cocktail sauce like shoot me but it just it was kind of organic and now we're we're in like eight or nine different supermarket chains we're in um of all places i mean god bless them they're amazing fat burger uh nationwide <laughs> we're in johnny rockets nationwide it's unbelievable yeah we're in burger lounge so and, a lot and of they people... got have you ever had the the hot girl sunday at craig's it, it's like yeah. I mean, it, by the way, it's, it can't be low cal though, right? I mean, no, it's well, like okay. nine scoops of vegan ice cream okay, with so, everything so, on top, but it's so, awesome. So Tinks is a, an amazing woman and gives great advice, and she's she's just got her finger on the pulse of like what's going on today, and and that's why I think like she's exploding. But we met about a year ago. Did you ever meet somebody and you're just like, oh, I get you, yeah, and we're good. And so we did, and then we were opening up our ice cream store at Resorts World in Las Vegas. And it's a 100% vegan ice cream store in the middle of a casino. (laughs) If you don't think the world's changed, (laughs) I got news for you. So uh, I needed something that was going to be big and a little over the top, and I was talking to Tinks about it. And so we were like, I said, why don't you come on over one day? We'll make a big Sunday." Chef put it together. Daniel, who's our head of operations, got this great big plastic martini glass. And... um, 
It's like seven or eight scoops of ice cream. It's meant to feed like four people. It's a little over the top, but people love it. It's amazing. So the ice cream is animal-free, obviously, and a third less calories. So It's better, but you still don't want nine scoops. No. You got to split that. No, but the thing is, the funny thing is like I go back and forth between plant-based and not plant-based, but I don't eat regular ice cream just because it makes me feel kind of tired and sluggish. I'm not allergic to it, but the vegan stuff makes me feel better. Yeah. Craig, taking it back to the early days of Craig's, I don't know if you remember this, Doug, but the location, bunch of restaurants before, that location was essentially a a death sentence, right? I mean, so many people tried and they just could not get it going. And that location, to me, I always thought it was weird because it's a great location. The street's kind of quiet. What was it about that place that everybody else had a hard time about it? And were you aware of that when you moved in there? So, you know, when I was taking people over there to show them where I was thinking about opening, they were like, dude, don't. (laughs) You know, you're going to get death sentence. You're going to get killed. This is the beginning of Melrose, right outside of Beverly. Okay, so it's Robertson and Melrose. It is literally the busiest intersection probably in LA, but we're 50 yards west and it's like tumbleweeds and people were begging me not to open. And I thought with my friends and the clientele that are going to be kind of sneaking in and out of there, it'll be perfect. (laughs) This is before TMZ. It's real hidden. hidden. Yeah. It's before (laughs) TMZ and before phones and before everybody like, so it was for like the first year, it was actually a pretty cool, quiet little spot. And then there were no other restaurants on that street. So now there's Gracias Madre across the street. There's Olaveta down the street. There's a Lapeer Hotel. So all of a sudden, there's all this nightlife that didn't exist 10 years ago. And by the way, the landlords have not sent me a thank you note, which is really messed up. <laughs> Everyone on that street should send you a thank you. But it's, but it's become like this really lively part of Melrose. But yeah, people were warning me off of it. I had that thought. I was like, oh, man, I wish Craig the best. But man, that place. That, I, I got to be honest. Everybody... There was like a little buzz in this town, like, oh, Craig's leaving Dan Tan is. He's yeah. never going to be able to pull this off. And I think that's makes it even more exciting that you did. Well, and really, you you've know. been you've been told that yourself. You, yeah, you know, somebody yeah. will look at you and shake their head and go, God bless you. But right. like, like told me that this morning. <laughs> at some point, you just need to be able to like go for it. And like, you're going to believe in yourself. Somebody said to me, how did you live through COVID? I go, there isn't an option. Right. You right. have to figure out a way to option. keep this open. Well, that was going to be my next question. I mean, as successful as Craig's is, and you have so many friends of, you know, and, and so much support. Was there ever a moment that you laid in bed at night and thought like, man, nine we're in trouble? Nine months in. So so every restaurant goes through the same kind of um, evolution, right? The first three or four months, and you know how this town is, right? Everybody wants to go in and profess their opinion. So you're packed. But everybody wants to say, it's great or nah, it's this horrible is what they or, like or, or like. I knew he wouldn't do it yeah. or I knew this or whatever. So everybody lays out their opinion. And so that happened in January, February, March, April, kind of May. And then in June, July, it, it, you don't – I didn't think about it. You don't have the tourist attraction because nobody really knows anything about the restaurant. So nobody knows about it. It's not on the hotel radar. So the summer got a little quiet. The food was inconsistent. Service was a little inconsistent. But the thing that I was, thank God I was smart enough to do is agree with people and go, look, I get you. I agree with you. We're getting there. Give me a minute. I didn't put my foot in the sand and go, nope, this is right. the way it is, and I disagree. And I knew that things were inconsistent. We just slowly started to make some changes, and then August, I literally remember going home to my wife, Lisa, and I said, I'm, I'm not sure we're going to make it. it. This literally could go either way. And um, that is a really scary spot because it's so public in L.A. Yeah. Like everybody knows what's going on. 
And then in September, it started to kind of turn around. Chef Kirsten, you know, really came on. He he took over the kitchen. It started to find its footing. And then I, could, I remember in October, and I know this is going to sound weird to say, but I'll, I walked through the restaurant one day and I'm like, oh, okay, this is what it's going to be. Like it had enough wiggle room to kind of find itself. And I don't know if that happens on a movie set or a TV show. You know what? Sometimes and sometimes it doesn't. Or sometimes you don't even know. So, But, but I think uh, perseverance in anything, and your story really is. It's a great Hollywood story from starting from nothing and building your way to this. And you've now yeah. hobnobbed with everybody. So uh, what I want to ask you is what – What's changed in the celebrity world? And I don't mean how they become celebrities. The 80s, there was so much drugs going on and people were out of their mind. You said, I'm sure, I can't even imagine some of the stuff that happened at Tannis. Is it a mellower time in in the celebrity world? Do you see anything crazy in Craig's? Well, okay. So look, we've all been in this town a lot and and there's a lot of insecurity that comes with the business. And and for whatever reason, people come to this town because they're missing something deep down in their soul and they think that acting will do it or the adulation of being famous will do it. So whatever whatever it is, however we're broken, and I'm including myself in that, is you feel like that'll fill it up. And then you get swept up into dinners, parties, the clubs, and then there's always after parties at houses. And then all of a sudden it becomes a lifestyle where you're not going to bed until four or five in the morning and then you're, you got a call time. And like all, all of a sudden, you know, this town can literally chew people up. Yeah. Really quickly. We, we've all seen it. Chews them up, spits them out by the thousands right. a year. So there by the grace of God go I. And we all have to kind of find our way through it. I do think there's a focus on healthier um, eating for sure. And there's an awareness of mental health, right? So before, I don't know why it's coming to my mind, but like John Belushi, one of the things that like everybody loved about him so much is that he wasn't, he Nuts. was crazy. Yeah. Like, but you never knew what was going to kind of come out of his mouth, but that's what made him so talented. And I think that people probably encouraged that to get what they needed out of that performance or right. whatever it is. And I have no firsthand knowledge. I'm just, I think a lot of those behaviors were encouraged, whereas now today, I, I think a lot of it's kind of pulled back. And then there were no cell phones, there was no camera fit, there was no video. Whatever happened was like, <laughs> whatever happened in Vegas, yeah, whatever happened in Vegas stays in Vegas. That was like the thing. But now there's like cameras everywhere watching everybody, and I don't think you can get away with it as easily. And I think that's kind of a good thing. I mean, I think it's kind of helping people kind of stay within a certain guideline. And then there's, you know, no matter how famous you are or what's going on, there is certain behavior people will not put up with. Right. And sometimes it goes a little too far, whereas I think people need a little bit more play. But to, I think it's actually kind of helped everybody kind of bring rein it in a little bit. No, it seems like it. It's, I mean, I think that is an important part of it. That nobody wants to gotten be, healthy. Nobody, nobody wants to be called out, and everybody wants to live a little healthier. And by the way, we're all so busy. You think about an actor right now or a producer. Or, like, you've got 16 channels to pay attention to. It's not just the movie theater. It's now it's like, okay, i got to take care of Instagram and YouTube. And, oh, they're, they're shooting something for, like, uh, what, TikTok? Huh? Right. What? Like, right. you know, and all of a sudden you're so busy that you don't actually have the time to have a hangover. Or to be recovering from a party. You've got to like stay in your game. Well, I mean, it, it is wild to see how the changes have come. And the last time I talked to you, we talked on our other podcast about so I just want to know what you thought. Or if you ever saw this, Connolly orders a chicken parmesan at Dan Tannis. I'm sure he does the same at Craig's now. I do, yeah. Yes, he, he, does. he peels the cheese off well, okay, of so he's got there's a method to his madness. So, All right. So what what he <laughs> what he says and and uh, is that if you if you cook it with the cheese, 
mm-hmm. and then you take the cheese off. It locks in it, something. Something's <laughs> been done to the right to the Milanese, which is basically what it is. Uh, is that is that the breadcrumbs have some sort absorb the cheese essence, oil, and the yeah. flavor? Would right. your would your chef agree with this? this is what you're saying? I don't know if we agree with it, but we, we allow it. Like, you know, <laughs> you allow it. It'd be great if he got banned. <laughs> you know, no, but 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 that's the one thing about that's the other thing about like Craig's that I do enjoy, and that is that you can pretty much get whatever you want, and we'll make whatever changes you want. I really don't like going into restaurants and being told that I can't do this or I can't do that. Well, I, I think don't. that's also what you bring into that restaurant. Because you are so friendly and personable, everybody there is awesome. Like there are so many restaurants that you walk in into this town that you still, even after the pandemic, they just don't treat you like they really want you there. You know right. what I mean? And Craig's, you always feel welcome, and it always feels like a fun time. You, know, you can't forget that you're in the hospitality business, and I keep reminding myself and everybody else, like we're you're in the business to take care of people, and you better you better enjoy it. And then the other thing is, like, never believe what you know what people are writing about you because I've been to restaurants where I'm like, this is the great this place in a wide world and you go back four months later and you're like what happened right like everybody's so serious and like you know it's like stop so that's like i don't want that to happen and also you know look we all need a place to go and be ourselves yeah and and we've got a couple of friends that could be themselves a little too much (laughs) but but they need they need that room to kind of like you know you need a place to like let your hair down and and feel safe well i need a place to be myself tomorrow night so hopefully you can uh, squeeze me in because i forgot to call i got high school friends in but uh this was great i mean i really appreciate you coming in and you know your story is the ultimate hollywood story it really is and I love it. By the way, I was listening to the podcast, and I mean, the Dice story is dead on true. Okay, way. sorry. Tell okay. us. So, okay. Andrew Dice Clay, good friend of uh, Kevin's and I, and Craig, but you have this crazy, weird connection. So okay, what, so, what so, so see, he's one of those guys that's like, I'm going to get you a role. I'm like, okay, I read for this role, and I play the cousin of a guy, and every time I do something wrong, something gets cut off of me. And in essence, that's who I am. Okay, so great. We do the movie. Uh, he comes into town one night with his wife and his, his mom and dad, and I'm their waiter. And he's like, what's your name? I mean, I don't have your last name in my book. And I tell him my name, and he goes, that's an effed up last name, but whatever. And, and, and as I say, Susser. Susser, his mom's head kind of like jerks up. And she goes, Susser, you know a guy named Al? And I go, yeah. She goes, how well do you know Al? I go, mm, pretty well. She goes, you know he's got a tattoo? I go, yeah. She goes, what's the tattoo? I said, it's a heart. She goes, what's what's in the heart? I said, a name. She goes, what's the name? I said, Jackie. She goes, I'm Jackie. <laughs> My dad was dating Dice's mom. <laughs> it's so insane. All right? We got called up to Korea. All right? He's going to be a paratrooper. Thinks he's just not coming back. Tattoos her name on her arm. Survives. Comes back. Doesn't see her. Meets my mom at a Christmas party like three day, three weeks later, meets my mom, gets married, for, does, never talks to her again. 40 years later, the it, two of us are friends. It is insane. I mean, it's an insane Without story. Without the Korean War, there's no Craig's, there's no Dice. No, but I was always I mean, like, my dad, I mean, my dad was always like, don't talk, get a tattoo. Don't talk, get a tattoo. Talk about the butterfly like, effect. <laughs> it's crazy. But and and, and uh, I would love to have had a, a camera on Dice's face. Ma, what, <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> no, but, but that's why he always refers to me as his little brother. By the way, that's a good impression. <laughs> very good. And I'm going to go, by the way, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have dinner with Dice next week in New York. At a, did you ever go to Bellato's, Emilio? Bellato on uh, Houston Street. Awesome. Good place. Yeah. So, uh, Craig, you're the man. We love you. I love and uh, you've always been, you You were, to be honest with you, I, I'd be funny how I couldn't get a table. You were always a great guy, even 
to Thank you. the schmucks when I was 21 and had nothing. Even to you, Doug. Yeah, even, well, <laughs> even to the that's, cheese but, peeling weirdos that come But that's, but that's <laughs> half the fun. And I, congratulations on what you guys are doing. And like, look, I'm always I'm big fans of both of you. So Thank it's you. a pleasure to pleasure to be here. And thanks for asking. All right, we will return. Kevin Connolly's return has been made. It's very exciting. Oh, yeah. Well, this is really exciting that you actually sat in. Oh, yeah. I, I was fired, and uh, now they're pulling me <laughs> off the bench. They're pulling me up, sent down to the minor good, leagues, and good, I got called up. Greatness cannot be denied. It cannot be denied. So, anyway, everyone, Connolly will laugh at me, but when you come to town, call early, and you actually can get into the yeah, restaurant. You can, but call you, can get the, you can get the five five thirties. You can get the nine thirties and tens. Come in and experience it, and, and it's great. There's and by the way, it's, by on. the way, it's great at five thirty. Like it yeah. is always happening, and there's always some. So anyway, I'll see you tomorrow night, and uh, thanks everybody for All right. being here. All right. Well, you really went to a great extent to get a reservation. <laughs> I know that you like the lies, know you like the way it shines. There's no other place you'd rather be. This is how we do it in Hollywood. Hollywood this is how we do it. What's going on, guys? It's your homeboy, T-Pain, a.k.a. your girlfriend's boyfriend. Have you had a chance to listen to the new podcast? Now, I want you to stop what you're doing right now and jump over to my new show, the Nappy Boy Radio Podcast with me, T-Pain. Every week, we're talking to the hottest guests from the world of music, entertainment, comedy, gaming, and so much more. And they're all stopping by to shoot the they hang out. They enjoy some custom drinks. Did you know every guest on my show has a drink named after them? <laughs> this is the Mild Paralysis. Yeah. Oh, and the name of the drink is the Jazzy Fizzle. Oh, yeah. you're going to make me cry. We got a goddamn drink for you, and it's called the Mother Butterscotch. No, you got to say it like this. Butterscotch. <laughs> Listen. On my show, we pretty much have some of the most interesting conversations you ever heard. We just kind of chill, you know what I'm saying? Listen and subscribe to Never Boy Radio Podcast with new episodes every Thursday on Apple Music and wherever you get your podcasts at. How long does it take to tackle a home project? With Angie, you could cross it off your list before this ad is over. Just tell us what you need, indoor or outdoor, repair or redesign, and they handle the rest, sending a top pro to get it done. You don't have to lift a finger. Well, maybe except to tap the screen or click the mouse. Plus, Angie is free to use. So bring them your next home product and they will bring it home. Download the app or go to Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com to get started.